podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod two one eight. Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a K. K. You, that sounds so surprised. Well, didn't sound surprised. You just get pre-season sharpness. Yeah. Okay. Not right. Much. We're not pod fit yet. Are we? Come, come okay. November. I mean, we're fit. Really we're not shocked. pod fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are not fitting anyway. And JCIS, uh, the Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London, visit. J- I'm, I'm much fitter than you are. Oh dear. Sorry. <laughs> Lost my flow. JCIS, the Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London, uh, visit jc-is.com. Oh yeah, we have more time. I was going to do it. I will. Okay. You will work it out. Or? I will. Yeah. Good. Okay. Right. Let's get let's get some match fitness going, guys. Yeah, we're can bit, I, can I just point on. out the. Uh, if we're going to be doing this on TV, yeah, it's not me so much. It's Mrs. Day's going to want some notice, okay? Because you know, it's the place is full of Edinburgh stuff, getting ready to go to Edinburgh. It looks, it looks, it looks. Yeah, of course fine. it does because you're a bloke of a certain age. You don't care what it looks like, do you? <laughs> I, I no. won't tell her. She won't be watching. But just in case, it's just for our YouTube people. Just a little pod. We've pod got teaser. YouTube people. I don't, like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like it because I can actually see got, what's going on on it, and it just makes me feel like I'm in one of those really dodgy corner shops at like 1 a.m. in Brixton, mm. like looking for booze that I shouldn't be looking for. With looking a little monitor, like monitoring everyone in the shop. It's one of those, basically. CCTV. I can see myself over there. Yeah. Yeah, I knew there was a word for it. <laughs> it's basically like that over there. I don't it's, like it's it. It's not so much that we can see what's going on; it's the fact that they can see what's going on. Well, they can't see now, but they will. It's not live. I know it's not live, but they will like later on or something. Yeah, some so they can yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. I'm that, but that's how YouTube works. They'll be able to see, oh yeah, I know how YouTube works. I'm, I know I'm older than you, but I know how YouTube <laughs> works. I didn't know how WhatsApp worked, but they're going to be able to see him not paying attention. They're going to yeah. see the actual amount of wine I drink. But that, <laughs> they'll see well, the back cut, of your we head. We can cut that out. You're, you're just going to have to pay, pay more attention. And who's our YouTube people? We got a few people that we got. We started a YouTube channel. Why? Because it's 2017 and. It's you also know. like pre-season, so we've not got a lot. And else also, to talk we about. do like we're pretty, we do everything, don't we? Minutes. We've done a lot of other stuff, so we're like, why not do? We what? do a podcast, we do a website, we do embroidery, embroidery. Yeah. <laughs> we might as well do YouTube. Oh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, let me, I'll finish off our second sponsor. It's JCIS, the global research. Do we do that? Yeah, we did. did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, uh, in that case, that's why we shouldn't <laughs> be filming this. That's exactly why we shouldn't be. Filming the listeners are used to it. The YouTube people. It's going to make it so much more difficult to edit. And people are going to tune in specifically for Palace content. They're going to get us talking about YouTube for five minutes while watching YouTube. In that case, let's crack on with the Palace content. Let's do that. Uh, Because the big news today, and it's almost like we planned this this podcast knowing what's going to happen. Of course we didn't. uh, Is Palace to sign their second signing of the summer. His name... First permanent signing. First permanent signing, yeah. Mm. Uh, His name is... Gyro. Gyro 
Redevelopment. Okay, is that the official way of saying it? Do I look Dutch? I don't know. Well, you said it, you said that with quite a lot well, of conviction. Somebody asked me today of how come the J in Ajax is a Y. How come he's Yairo? Not gyro, but I said it's something to do with where the J is in the sentence. I've bluffed it out, basically. Okay. Good. I think yeah. we should wait for Chris Grierson and the Palace TV to officially get it wrong, and then we'll know what it is. <laughs> it's a good signing, though. It's a great signing. It's going to be a difficult chant if he scores. <laughs> very true. <laughs> it takes some time. It's a, it a very good signing. It's been going on for some... Even though you've been promising it on your London Today every day. It's not called but, London Today, but it's What is it, fine. London football? football? doesn't matter what it's called. No, it doesn't called? matter. It's just it's called football.london. Oh, football.london, yeah. that's it, yeah. But other yeah, websites are available. No, it's a very, it's a very good time. And if you look at some of the money that has been spent on defenders, mainly by Man City in the last few days, yeah. the reported fee of £8 million, I'm not even sure if it's pounds or euros. But it's £7.9 million or so, yeah. But, that, but for, for a 21-year-old? For a 21-year-old with that much experience, with already with a few international caps, yeah. uh, who's a specialist in the position that, uh, he, you know, he wants us to play through at the back and yeah. Riedeveld, Widerveld is just, you know, obviously going to be the left-footed yep. one in that. So I think it's really exciting. Another There's two young, counting Lotus Cheek, obviously he's not a permanent signing, that's two 2021-year-olds, no, 20, so two 2021-year-olds, young people. Is this Andy going to be the more the way we're heading with, with transfers? Is De Burr sort of, there was a rumour that he's trying to sort of lower the, the average age of the squad. Well, it's something we discussed on the pod last season that we had not necessarily the highest uh, average age in the league, but certainly a high average age. I think it was 28 in the top 28, four, yeah. yeah. And um, that was particularly evident, one, towards the end of the season in terms of injuries, because older players are going to be more susceptible to injuries because of you know the recovery periods and so forth. Yeah. And also in terms of trying to play a sort of pressing high-tempo midfield game, you know, you need the younger legs. And Riedeveld very much looks like that sort of passing type. Well, he's played in defensive midfield on occasion mm. for Ajax, yeah. not just at left back and in central defence. And very much has that sort of metronomic passing ability to him and so does Loftus-Cheek at times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly something that we needed to do in terms of bringing that average age down. And frankly, we needed to bring in quite a few faces. So mm. it was always going to be the case that you wouldn't necessarily see one £30 million player, but you'd see sort of five or six who were either you know free signings or loan deals or uh, relatively inexpensive or good value uh, acquisitions from abroad, just because we needed those sort of uh, new players coming in in volume. Can I, I offer you lost, a, can lost, a stat quickly, really quick? Yeah. When Andy was talking about his metronomic passing, which, by the way, excellent description. I think that's Thank the first you. time I said that word ever on the podcast. Um, last season in the Eredivisie, Riedeveld, sorry, wider Gyro had the <laughs> highest. Gyro. Pass completion of any player ninety two point one percent. That's in a that's in a very technical league as well. Yeah, I mean right. that's exactly the sort of player that we want in, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, there's always going to be those gainsayers or naysayers who say, "Well, let's see what he, if he does it with he's got two people breathing down his throat." But you know, I think he he can. I think this this idea that people, some Palace fans, still say, "Oh, De Boer's got no experience in the Premier League." Mm-hmm. It's like, at one stage, every manager who managed in the Premier League didn't have any experience in the Premier League, yeah. including Conte and Mourinho. Mm-hmm. He's had a bit of experience now at West Brom. He clearly wouldn't have bought the player in unless he thought he was ready for it. Loftus-Cheek, I think, is a great acquisition. I think there's a couple of really good turns and runs against West Brom. I just slightly resent being part of the Chelsea machine. It's a, it's, I slightly resent the fact that you can't play against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's a, great, he's a great acquisition if you end up buying him. And, he, and he's... 
big and he's strong and he looks like this sort of most player Chelsea players that go on loan though end up going they, ne- they never go yeah. back do they yeah. so we've probably got a half decent chance of getting him if he I'd plays like well. so. I mean I think he's a great player it would be interesting to see where he where he fits in but I think yeah. there, there are obviously one or two more faces to come in Chelsea yeah. by the but the age thing is interesting though because for a start he made punch and captain yeah and I can't I generally can't see him not playing the captain so I think Punchin will play. Also, would the big rumour is that we're after Van der Weel, who's 29. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think he's going to be completely hamstrung by age. Can I just, speaking of uh, Van der Weel as well, um, do we think we're going to, or do you think uh, Ryderveld is the first example of this kind of De Boer effect of being able to attract kind of players he might not have got before or you know, a lot, being a, uh, a lot of Dutch players, haven't we? But have we now got a manager that's got such a big profile that we can actually get these exciting players who were once linked with Liverpool and Juve and Man United? Oh, well, I was quite sceptical about De Boer and I remain slightly sceptical about how well he will translate what he did in the Eredivisie into a foreign division. The He's the one I meant. Well, no, because he, he has only managed successfully at one club. And yeah. it, he managed successfully at one club. Very successfully. Very successfully for the first four I years. I you can judge him on Inter Milan. I was going to make a caveat point here. And <laughs> you're really, I was about, your, to, I was about to move on and say but. Okay, and you're right. not even letting me get to the part before the but yet. <laughs> the part before not the but, isn't that the... <laughs> Don't ask that, me. It's a family podcast. Let's move on. Move on. Um, I, I still maintain a healthy scepticism about Dubal, but that one probably needs to be parked until we start seeing competitive football matches. But... It was for basically the reason that he's not got a demonstrable track record at multiple clubs okay. in multiple divisions, like someone, for example, Koeman did. He'd, he'd already been, albeit that he'd failed, but he'd, he'd been to multiple clubs before he ended up at Southampton. And you kind of knew that he had that track record of doing it in, in different contexts. Debord don't I don't think necessarily has that yet. He may well be able to do so. And Kevin makes a completely apt point that there are plenty of managers who just need the opportunity to prove it in a new context and then brilliantly. So that, that's the point. Would you rather have gone for Warnock then because he's got <laughs> Premier League experience? Well, no, in the same way I wouldn't have rather gone for Alan Ball. Fair enough. Well, he's dead. So well, no, quite. You have to pick an appropriate candidate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have rather gone for uh, Neil Warnock. Um, okay, so what, have, you, have you seen anything but, from the board that's changed, that changed well, I think your view? Andy still hasn't answered your question. And I think... Is this the De Boer effect? Is oh, okay, he attracting yeah, yeah. players? Well, because I think, I think the West Brom game... Well, I think both the Liverpool and West Brom games were pretty competitive I yeah. mean they're a good taster of what to expect in, in the Premier League mm-hmm. certainly the West Brom game was very physical so I don't think he was phased by that and, yeah, and I think also that these managers who are at the top of the game they know all about the Premier League they know exactly what it entails mm-hmm. the fact that they may not have sat on the touchline watching it they've been to plenty of Premier League games so I just think you know I just think he's more likely to turn out to be a Mourinho at our level than he is that idiot at Tottenham with the bus pass Christian Gross Christian Gross <laughs> you know, and I think he, he's Frank De Boer or yeah. according to uh, Sky on Saturday afternoon he's Ronald De Boer <laughs> really yeah, and then they captioned put the Frank De Boer up and spelt Boer wrong so it B-O-A-R <laughs> but I think not with Gant notwithstanding not yeah. all my misgivings about him and sort of uh, slight reticence I think there's probably no doubt that we wouldn't be signing like Ajax players probably mm. if mm-hmm. we didn't have him there we wouldn't be linked with Barcelona players, yeah. although I doubt if Silicon will be coming. Yeah, I mean these are these aren't the sort of players that, sat, that Allardyce would have no. that would have gone for. Well, the whole um, philosophy would have been different, wouldn't it? Totally, yeah. And I don't think we're a club that, yeah, even with Allardyce's profile as an ex-England manager, I don't think we're a club that young players like that would necessarily want to start their Premier League career at. 
No, well, well, the whole thing with De Boer is, is he, he's been, got this reputation and he literally promised on his first uh, press conference that he will give youth a chance. He will be bringing through not just players from us, but bringing in young players. So it's, it's very much a change of, complete change of ethos from the, from the previous regime, isn't it? Yeah, and I think he will stick to it. And I think Palace fans have to be patient when he does because we already saw, you know, it, it only took about 10 days after De Boer got appointed for the same Palace fans who went, oh, this is great, he's going to be bringing in the kids to start tweeting, well, where's our new players in? We haven't brought yeah. anyone in. Yeah. So you kind of have to give him the patience if he is going to bring young players through and quite clearly, judging by the amount of game time he gave the young players in Hong Kong, he is going to try one or two of them. Apparently, he he's loves Drea. Okay. He, wasn't, uh, apparently, he apparently really likes Phillips. But yeah, at the same time, either... I don't think it will just be youth players and, and also not just Dutch players either as well. I think Chambers is one he certainly yeah. wants to get in. Yeah. The Bruno Bruno Martins Indy ones in Stoke Stoke want him, don't they? Well they've just got uh Zuma. Zuma. But I think they want they want both. Well it'll be interesting because I, I one thing I really want Palace fans to to stop fretting about is Sacco. Because I don't no, think I mean, that's dead in the water, isn't it's it? It's dead in the water and yeah. also I don't think De Boer is particularly keen to have him because the one thing Saka is not good at is playing with his. He's not a football in centre. He's a proper centre half, and he's a really good centre half. But he's yeah. not a football in centre back. And he, well, I know he, he was can't. Okay. I know. I, know he all, was okay. well, well, I think he sort looks of, clumsy. Sort of I think where he tackled the ref, though. <laughs> but he still got the ball, didn't he? He did. He did. To be fair, but and I don't think you can't have three footballing centre backs in the three. So one of them will be a sort of more of a stopper. But also, but, Martin Zindi is is a cheaper. Younger Sacco, in yeah. a way, isn't he? Sort of similar, yeah. similar build and stuff. So, I think we all agreed, didn't we, Andy? The thir- the thirty million for Sacco was just non negotiable. Like it was just too, it was just too much money. I think the interesting thing with the way fees have gone is, generally, so far, clubs have just stumped up, and they've stumped up whether it's been fifty three million pounds for Carl Walker or twenty eight yeah. million pounds for Harry Maguire. I think no, sorry, eighteen for Maguire. I think it was twenty eight for Will Keane. I think yeah, yeah. You know, so far that it's it's generally been the case that clubs go no you will pay this fee and eventually club, the club if they really want him will go oh yeah fine yeah. I think there's going to be a few players who are probably in the more senior bracket who are earning at a certain level where they've got such a limited pool of potential clubs that they could go to unless they're prepared to take a particularly significant wage cut that they then end up having to decide well there, there, there'll be multiple levers to it Either the club ends up saying, right, we'll take a massive cut, uh, a, a massive hit, basically, on, on the fee. Yeah. Or the player says, well, I'll take a hit on the wage I'm prepared to accept so that I have a bigger pool of clubs available to me. Or the player says, I'm prepared to go effectively to, with all due respect, to football in backwater like China or one of the Emirates to play football there because I can maintain my wage level there. And Sacco could be one of those players who starts falling into this bracket yeah. where they their, lim- their options are incredibly limited in terms of mm. maintaining that pay parity that the clubs that could pay Sacco what he wants are effectively the top 12 in the Premier League two in La Liga and we've had this discussion before yeah. uh, Paris Saint-Germain yeah. uh, Monaco, Monaco and maybe Bayern and then, then someone in China or Qatar and then, well, and well that, that's outside of the European remit the, the, Ch- yeah. the China thing's going away because the Chinese government have just put this new rule haven't they that 
you have to pay as you have to match a player's wages with youth development money yep. and investment. Oh, right, so if okay. you're paying Costa two hundred thousand pound a week, you've got to spend two hundred thousand pound a week on local pitches. And so that effectively, if you're paying Costa two hundred thousand pound a week, you're paying him four hundred thousand pound a week. So that wow, I think this will be the, the the high water mark of the transfers to China. I think what's happened with transfer fees is Everton this season because mm-hmm. now. Everton are spending money like a drunken sailor because they, they certainly this time last season until the new investment they wouldn't have paid they wouldn't have offered more than twelve million for Reed or Pickford they simply uh, for Keener they wouldn't have paid that sort of money yeah. and now they can so they're distorting prices a little bit so you've got City United and now a club like Everton who's who's a good bet for for players that aren't quite ready for City or United but want to play in the Premier League and and they will match the wages yeah. and then the other end of the scale you've got Tottenham who are publicly saying we're not going to bring anyone in. Because we're really happy with the players we've got, and, and unless a player comes up and have a stadium to pay for, well, they, there is that. <laughs> but you know, so and also there... the other thing as well, which quite a few journalists pointed out this weekend, the two of the five most valuable players in the world now, Deli Ali and Harry Kane, really yeah, between them cost five billion quid, which is a really good argument that Frank De Boer should be allowed to see where whether we can bring in a Deli Ali or a Harry Kane from our own from our own players. Well, with that in mind, does does with the prices that are going crazy at the moment, is there still is it possible for a club like Palace to still maybe not compete with those teams, but compete where we want to, paying the prices that we are, the eight million here, not, the loans here and there? Well, not no, I don't think it's possible to compete on a like for like club basis. You know, if we're interested in Michael Keane, for example, mm-hmm. we can't compete with Everton, Man City. Yeah, if Man City decide they want to buy him, then. That's the club that will buy him. Will Keane? Is it Michael Keane? Or, I can't remember. You Michael said Will Keane, yeah, it's but it's fine. Is it well, Michael Keane? No, Michael Keane, yeah. Oh, good. It's but, got to pod one. At least you didn't say Robbie. So that's why, I mean, we've got... It's quite interesting that, that Parrish said before, even before De Boer came in, that we spent a lot of money in January and we weren't going to splash the cash again as, yeah. as much as before. And I think what De Boer does is he kind of brings forward your scouting system two years. Mm. It's like we jump ahead two years because he brings a knowledge of European football that we probably hadn't you know we've been oh, playing you know, catch up our scout system's been much it's getting there it's, yeah. it's much much better but De Boer adds a completely different level than Allardyce would do De Boer knows yeah. so much about young players in all over Europe and also to come back to your original question to Andy he was talking to a Dutch journalist at Talk Sport who just says we underestimate how revered De Boer is in in Holland I mean he's just he said every Dutch footballer between 17 and 22 given the opportunity would play for Frank De Boer simple as that he's a he's a, an idol he's an icon so he does give us access to that I mean interestingly even if we could afford 40 million European players De Boer's reputation at that level was probably slightly tarnished by Inter yeah. for all for all that we make excuses yeah. for him the top top players probably wouldn't want to come and, and play for him now but when we've never been the sort of club to attract the the top top players and mm. thing with the fees is, as well now I mean there's a few points to make firstly it's it's now going to favour the clubs that are really cash rich mm. which are going to be the ones either owned by oligarchs or sovereign wealth funds of some sort so if, if they're owned by uh, a Chinese sovereign wealth fund they're going to have the money to sp- splash 30 million on four or five players Palace could spend that on one player I don't personally infer from everything that I know about the club think that they have the depth of pockets to be able to spend what they spent on Christian Benzeke mm. on five players if they need to sign five mm. players. And mm. that's not down to financial fair play, which a lot of people are misreading in terms of fees, but it's just down to having that cash at hand. And that then means that 
when you have multiple players needed to come in. That you look at the number of players that have gone out already in the sort of close season and, and pre-season, sort of players that will need to be replaced just in terms of names in the squad, like Flamini, Ledley, uh, even Ze- even Zeki Fries. You know, he, he was still Zeki. he was still it was still a, a, a name in the squad though. Yeah, and there were plenty that have gone out. So you're having to bring in numbers potentially unless you've got the, the youth team players but, to initially step up. So you have to then be a bit more creative because the budget has to stretch that bit further, particularly because wages are going to keep on soaring as well. So we look now at just the, the net figure of what you get in from Sky, but that quite quickly gets frittered away when you're play, paying players £100,000 a week, £120,000 a week, and, and even more in certain instances. Mm. But I, I think it's exactly the level. Is The Flaminis and Ledleys are exactly the players that he will replace with, with youngsters. Uh, and I think, because what you'll see is a first... 12 or 13 that's probably got you know people like Rita Valden who are young Loftus Cheek who are young but then I think it'll be the sort of 16 downwards that will be the younger players that are ready to step in rather than I think than you want to from, rotate more than last season yeah I, th- I think. think absolutely I think, and I are you think, cool with that? I'm pretty cool with whatever Frank DeBoer wants to do to be <laughs> perfectly honest my level of uh, management experience. I give it till November, less. and Kevin spitting well, no, feathers. Well, no, I'm not answering that because I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of. Well, it's a different. I mean, the thing is, is it, it's a massive sea change for us as well because, interestingly, uh, we've had what, five English managers on the spin, yeah. none of whom were keen to play the kids, and yeah. um, publicly so weren't. They all say the you know, premier, the Premier League's not a place to for youngsters. A Premier League relegation battle's not a place for youngsters, so it is a massive sea change, and we will all have to be patient. And you, you know, I imagine the League Cup, whatever it's called now, will have. I should think our starting eleven for the first League Cup game is going to be an yeah. average age of twelve. But I, I don't think, I don't think De Boer will throw all the youngsters into the fray very early on anyway. I think they'll be around the squad getting experience. Yeah. You know, well, there was always... The, we, but I think kept, he'll manage... If anyone can manage bringing in young players, he... Well, that's the thing. And we kept hearing, didn't we, that, that Allardyce and Pardew didn't particularly think there was a massive crop of good enough players coming through from the youth team. But surely a lot of that is down to the coaching they would then receive in the first team or the opportunities. So well, I don't it's think... It's good to make a call, isn't it? I mean, uh, I don't think Allardyce was there long enough to, to assess what we had coming through and yeah. I don't think he had any interest from the start and to be fair you can understand that we, we were in dire straits from the start he hasn't got time to look to see whether the youngsters are ready to step yeah. up He's and he's never done been known for that in the past I mean it, it was more discouraging to hear Pardew say that because from what I can gather he didn't spend a lot of time looking at our underage teams anyway so I'm not entirely sure how yeah. he knew what our youngsters were like but it's already interesting that I don't know whether De Boer has in this short space of time he's been there, looked at the youngsters and decided which ones he wants to bring forward or whether he just brought as many of out as he could and, and gave them all experience. But every single one of them will get more confidence and more experience mm. just from playing 10, 15 minutes in the Hong Kong games than, yeah. than they've had in their Palace career and so far. And being with the first and team. The first team. The yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, linking uh, back yeah. to what Kevin said about uh, the study that said that Kane and Ali are two of the most valuable players in the world. I don't know if they'd necessarily be in sort of the top five, but they would certainly be in the top 10, you would have thought. And Harry Kane went out on loan to Norwich, looked mm. terrible, but played first team football. Went out to Millwall, yeah. looked okay, but still not great. And it was only with playing games and playing games and then finally playing games at the top level that he was able to develop. And that's how you develop young players, obviously. And similarly with Ali, it was only because he was actually getting football at MK Dons that his development really kicked on. Yeah. 
And obviously, you, we can loan out our players to lower league clubs. We could loan them to the MK Dons. But unless they're part of the setup there, it's quite often a sort of transient thing that they go in, they get you know a few games, sometimes get into their stride, then they're sent back. And then you've got mm. to sort of make a decision whether or not you send them back to another club, whether you put them back in the same setup. And it, it's pretty disruptive for young players. Yeah. And they only really get that continuity by playing lots and lots and lots of football eventually at the club that they belong to. Mm. And, and Kane only really came into his own once Spurs started taking a chance on him, basically. Yeah. And even but, in that first season, it took him a while to score his first few goals, didn't it? It is. He kept getting the chances. But, and also, the, the games against Liverpool and West Brom, uh, you know, Cashy Anderson started, the others had yeah, probably 5, 15, 20 minutes between each game but yeah. none of them looked out of place no, it, no I mean, it's difficult to judge in that contest but you know Phillips when he came on looked really useful mm-hmm. Ladapo looked strong looked fit so they, they all looked like they deserved to be out there so yeah. and again as we said before I think 20 minutes against Liverpool is probably worth half a season playing against League 2 opposition I mean you need to be a bit more comfortable I think as a mid-table Premier League team before you are happy to sort of just blood a few here and there and yeah. Just do what Southampton now do, you know. Well, Ward Prowse all of a sudden came from nowhere, yeah. and so then re- really quite quickly developed into a very, very good Premier League footballer. They they were able to do that because they were such a stable club that knew they weren't in danger of relegation, etc. So that obviously needs some level of stability. But if certain people are thinking that the player is going to have to be at a level of a fully developed Wolf Zaha before they make it into the team. Partially that that will, I, I guess, have to be the case to displace someone who's in the team who's doing really well, unless they obviously become injured. But partly people need to realise that the player will only develop once he starts playing mm. the football. Yeah. You know, Wolf Zaha, does anyone remember quite how raw he was when yeah. he first came yeah. to yeah. the yeah. Palace first team? Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of... We, we, we got to a situation last season where we were pretty ravaged by injuries. And the number of instances in which we were bringing the usual suspects who didn't really... And I don't wish to say they didn't look like they cared because I think that's always an easy get-out from fans that doesn't yeah. really grapple with underlying causes of why a player's not actually very good. But would you have rather, in certain instances last season, have had, I don't know, let's call him Morden Judge coming in or <laughs> a youth team player of similar attributes in, yeah. playing yeah, in a absolutely. similar position? Would that player have done any worse job? I don't think that, they necessarily would. No. Well, that's where the, the patience thing comes in as well because we've got, we know the players. We don't have to name them out loud. But we know the players that we've got that are essentially still championship quality players that were, as you say, coming on off the bench or starting games. And in that situation, I'd much rather see a punt taken on a, a Phillips or a Boateng or a, uh, yeah. a Keshe Anderson who probably are as good as they are already and just need time time to prove and it. Confidence. it? Yeah. confidence. And if it doesn't work, amazing. then I'm afraid sometimes you have to then sort of cast them aside. And you, I don't think you can do too many at the same time and you sh- certainly shouldn't do it yeah, in yeah. very uh, high-pressure situations no. where it could destroy them. But there are, so, there are always going to be some contexts where it is appropriate and where it can work and when it can be to the benefit of both the club's youth development and to the players' benefit as well. I'd, yeah. be, I'd be amazed if even the first game at home to Huddersfield, I'd be amazed if any of the youngsters were in a starting line. I would expect two or three to be on, yeah, in the, squad, maybe, to be on the bench yeah. or on the, in the squad without a doubt, which is a good way of starting but it's not it's and also I think a lot of our transfer business will be done towards the end of the transfer window because I do think from what De Boer's saying he'll want to have a look at some of the players we've got before he decides that they're weak in certain positions I mean I understand he quite likes Ward so he might let give Ward a yeah. couple of games start of the season to see whether he needs replacing you know we, we heard his quote you, you know, before you go shopping, you look see what you've got in the kitchen yourself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he will be looking at weakness. And I mean, the, we know where we think he'll be buying player. We know we think he'll buy another centre back. 
goalkeeper. I don't think yeah. he was going to be looking for forwards. I think he'll look for a striker. Up, I mean, now, now that Campbell's gone. If Benteke gets injured, we don't have a lot of, of options. Do we? Ma- the massive yeah. player Jonathan Benteke has left as well. So, that's true. Yeah, that. Without him. Yeah. I, but I think it will probably be a, a case of who's available I can't I can't see De Boer panic buying and getting people for the no. sake of it I think he'll he'll want to make sure that the, peop- the people coming are exactly the right people for the setup. well I think he, the reason I say he, won't be, he, he might be after strikers let's hope he is but he clearly wants to sort the back out he wants yeah. to get the defensive stability he wants to get the team really comfortable with that situation yeah. the, I, his, I thought his interview after the uh, West Brom game was really interesting when they talked about playing other trying out other formations he said we don't need to They're, every player in the Premier League knows how to play 4-4-2 and 4-3-3 three, three. Mm. what they don't know is how to play 3-4-3 three, three. so we'll work on that and get that right and then we have to play the other formations we'll we'll do that as and when and they know how to do it Yeah, which is a more sensible way than Warnock's start saying let's we'll play a diamond today lads <laughs> Southampton at home on Boxing Day so <laughs> worked out well from there didn't it yeah um, well that's the other thing with the 3-4-3 three, three, like a lot of people keep pointing out the, three, the four could be a diamond could be yeah yeah could be so it's interesting when you talk about who we think the players are that will start. Well, shall we just briefly end the part one then? Uh, review those two games in, in the Asian Cup. I'll go back to Andy because obviously you were saying you weren't... You're still not convinced by De Boer, maybe. Was there anything you saw in those games that changed your mind in a way or made you think, oh, okay, we might be on the right track or, or the opposite of that? Um, I'm always a little bit reluctant to infer much from pre-season stuff anyway. And I must admit that it's kind of one of those things with every preseason match that I watch, I get really excited in the build up to it. And I don't really know why, because I know it's going to be a bit boring. Because there's been no football for ages. You you know, because football's back. Well, no, but I'm a logical person. I should actually know from uh, the experience of having watched lots and lots of preseason matches that have been terrible that this won't be any different. This is going to be exactly the same. It's just going to be obviously starting out with what looks like a Palace team, but obviously playing at half pace and then eventually changing loads of stuff around and not really sort of learning a great deal. Um, I quite liked his immediate defence of Wilf Zaha and leaping in his post-match comments to say, well, look, I think he's being targeted here. Because I think at times Sam started to err towards it. Pardew did that on occasions as well, but I, I felt neither of them were really banging the drum enough. And he was the most foul player in the Premier League last season, I think. Yep, correct. Yeah, yeah. 100 fouls against him. Yep. And he is targeted partially because he's our best player and partially because he reacts to it. So that was quite nice to see De Boer get onto that bandwagon very early and I hope it's one that he continues to sort of drive. And it was nice to see him actually trying something different with the 3-4-3. It's obviously one of those formations that has now been proven to work in the Premier League by Conte's example at Chelsea. Certainly one that requires specific types of player in specific positions, namely really good wing-backs that we probably actually have at least on one side. And I was uh, I was quite pleased to see him not just you know going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good to see. I thought young, obviously young players always get given a chance in preseason stuff, and you can kind of get a little bit carried away by it and think that we're going to start with Wan Bissaka and Kirby and God knows who else on the first game, which obviously we're not. Yeah. But it was nice to see some of them get some decent minutes, and we played generally a, a not bad brand of football. Frankly, I mean it was you know relatively intense as as preseason goes. And the sort of passing and movement was was okay. Yeah, I, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I got I got taken to task for using the word wingbacks the other day by a smarty pants hey. football trainer in a pub somewhere. Apparently, he's not in a in football a free trader trainer trainer. Yeah, a mate of mine used to uh, 
trade it here. Apparently, apparently in the three four three, it's not wing backs. So was it? It's just four, so it's wide four midfielders. midfield players, yeah. And then because the defensive cover comes from the central mid, you know, I got okay, a bit. Okay, right. Anyway, whatever. It's still a hard but, job to do, isn't it? But that, I thought, I thought, goal. I thought it was really interesting that um, De Boer f- said that he thought we played better against Liverpool than West Brom. So I thought in the first half against West Brom, they looked really comfortable. I think the first half against Liverpool. The wing backs and inverted commas, Schlupp didn't know where to sort of stick or twist. And, mm-hmm. and also, I think, you know, the one thing we do know is Delaney won't be playing as one of the three centre backs. But I thought there were times when we had really good controlled spells of possession. There were times when we really attacked through the middle, which is the first time you've probably seen a Palace team yeah, yeah. doing that for a while. I think yeah. Benteke is the one who's going to have to adapt. Because I think you'll see, you remember the goal that Costa scored against us at Sellers Park? I think yeah. the, the Benteke is going to see more of the ball coming from deep, from the middle, than from wide. Yeah. The thing about the, the targeting Zaha, I thought, I thought West Brom, I don't think they deliberately went to target. I just think Neon wasn't good enough. I just think he was just too. I don't think there's any deliberate attempt. The, the tackle by Jakob and Milivojevic was atrocious. The one that kind of went under, the Gruich tackle on Zaha in that the first game, first game was. Yeah was malicious and deliberate yeah. I mean that was really and I'm I I've, I wonder if De Boer let that one go thinking that might have been you know he did that, say, that, he, he did he say something after the game he but he did. wasn't quite as but I think it's only when he saw how physical West Brom were and I don't think West Brom set out to hurt Palace players but I think De Boer was right to me and I think it's good to lay down a marker this early on and I think Zaha will be really pleased that his manager's there yeah. publicly slating Tony Pulis and, and West Brom and saying that people don't want to see this yeah. happen. So and he's right. He is right as well, but hopefully... I imagine Frank De Boer's boss will be quite happy with that. So. Well, also, but also, you know, everyone talks about the tiny margins, don't they, in football? And if you've got referees, and referees will be going, holy mother of God, Frank De Boer's sitting on that bench. <laughs> and if referees have been reading that Frank De Boer goes, Zaha's yeah. as good as Neymar, he's our Neymar, and we need to protect him. Mm-hmm. He, even if he only gets four free kicks that he wouldn't have done this season... Mm. De Boer's already done his job, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know, even if two players get booked or sent off, yeah. De Boer's already done his job. Yeah. You know, and De Boer, I don't think they're going to think that De Boer's the sort of manager that would encourage his players to dive. So already that that sort of thing, mm. I think, is really good psychology. And getting it in early as well. It's yeah, really good getting it in early. And it's also, you just think, yeah, good for him. You just want somebody to go, oh, just yeah. stop doing that to my players. But also, it's, it's refreshing to have a manager saying what the fans are feeling at the yeah. same time. Because we can't, we can, we can only go on Twitter and moan about it. We can't yeah. tell the TV cameras or officials. But, but also can as do well, it. but the other thing, the other beauty of that that tournament was, was that everyone said that Zaha was man of the tournament. I mean, I mean the leading up to Milivojevic's free kick, yeah. how good was Zaha getting away from yeah. And he just looks full of confidence. And you he looks faster, doesn't he? He does look faster. And I don't know, it's hard to say whether in a short space of time that's already down to De Boer or to Trustful or whatever, or the new yeah. conditioning coach. But I've always really interesting the way we played against Maidstone, watching some of those highlights as well, when the youngsters were just pushing from the mid, just getting the ball off the back of the defenders and just really pushing, putting their heads down and going through yeah. midfield, which is really... But also, there's an interview with Richard Shaw in... Um, some website or other football yeah. dollar, I don't know. But Richard yeah, Shaw was just saying because yeah. Orlando Trustful spent the day with the under twenty threes for the Maidstone. What game. a fantastic name! Yeah, it great. Is. Orlando it's Trustful a was a great yeah. name, isn't it? Yeah. Orlando is a, you just want him out there playing football. But he just said Richard Shaw said in that day that he spent with the youngsters. Richard Shaw said he learnt more than he'd learnt in two years on his his yeah. taking his badges. He just said these players, these people are operating at a different level in terms of detail, in terms of yeah coaching techniques and analysis so it's, these are really exciting times can I just round up one, one quick question we had about Wilf then from 
L L J Bromeld. There's a J in there. Hi, Lebramilt. Anyway, um, Hi, Lynn. Well, it's the Dutch now. That's why he's put the J in. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Lebramilt. Is it possible for Will... Is it is it a problem for Will for going into the new season with the spotlight on him being fouled a talking point already? Oh, that's, a, that's I, I'm, an interesting question. I, no, I don't think it is. I think it's I think it's right that... I think it's, No, I think it's right to draw attention to it. I think if... If he if he'd been yellow carded for diving, people would be drawing attention to that yeah, already. So yeah, I yeah. think it's right to draw attention to the fact that he was roughly treated by. As I say, West Brom again. I don't think it's malice. I just think they just weren't good enough. So the only way to stop him. The only way to stop him. And, and sometimes it was just bad timing by him because he's, as you say, he just seems so much quicker now. They mm. just weren't expecting him to get out of situations that he was in, and they just have to just have to foul him. But no, I think I think the ball's absolutely right to spotlight it because it's an issue that all Palace fans are incensed by and it, it it really annoys me and frustrates me that you t- I talk to sensible football supporters who have bought into this yeah. nonsense yeah. that Sahar's a cheat and a diver when yeah. he's, he's and we see him week in and week out and we he simply isn't yeah but equally, yeah. I, th- I think both he and Palace fans need to calm down a little bit in that he was the most fouled player in the league last season, which means that he won more free kicks than any player in the league last season. Yeah. He gets yeah. the free kicks. And generally, the bookings that are deserved end up being given, even in pre-season tournaments. Mm. Gruich was was booked. Uh, Nyon was booked. Mm. You know, play- the players that are putting in these fouls, and generally, it's not all going... Like, there are a couple that he should still get. And it's good that... De Boer is highlighting it so that every yellow card that should be given against him is given. But for the most part, refs aren't being super lenient on those fouling him. Mm. And Wilf is getting the free kicks that he has earned and that he deserves for having been fouled. So I think both Palace fans need to get over the fact that he is a brilliant player. He's going to get fouled. Lionel Messi gets fouled more than any player in the world mm. and he just gets up and carries on. Yeah. And Wilf needs to well, look so at him and take some inspiration. Where does that thing come from then? From well, the press, from the pundits, from people like Alan Shearer is where it's, is where it's come from. When they've highlighted... A tangle of limbs that looks like he's gone down, and you know, we can't unequivocally say that he hasn't maximised the the foul. But even people like Gary Lineker will publicly say, if you feel a contact, you yeah. you go down. But Andy's point about Messi getting up is really interesting because in both games, Liverpool and West Brom, will bounced up every time he went down. Mm-hmm. Basically, for the most part, except the Gruich and the bad ones. Yeah. But even in the box against uh, West Brom, there was a kind of tangle. Um, and a West Brom player stumbled and pulled Wilf down, and Wilf just got up. He didn't. It, it, so I, I wonder again if the board's been talking to him and said to him, "Don't give the referee any opportunity." Yeah. And he does need to, to do that. Every, yeah. He needs to do that every time now. Yeah. frankly. And if he continues to do that, he will continue to get the free kicks. He will continue to to be fouled because he's that good. But he will continue to get the free kicks. But also, as much as I understand what Andy's saying about we have to get over the fact that referees, for the most part, are right. I, I think sometimes. Some some of the other managers will be sowing seeds of doubt into their into their ears before games. They'll be saying, "Watch out for Zaha! Don't that, let yeah. him don't let him trick you." Yeah, of course. Uh, but but yeah, we I would think, do exactly the same to yeah, try and gain and advantage. That's what, well, that's what that's, that's what, yeah. that's what De Boer's doing. But I think most of our injustices last year didn't come from Wilf. They came from other, you know, Snodgrass diving and other. So we did have cause to complain about referees several times last season, but Wilf wasn't involved in. Many of them. In most of them, I still complain about match of the day not including any Wolf's goals in goal of the season. But I think again, but, like the, yeah, the, 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 let po- it go, Kevin. the point yeah. with the pundits and Wolf is frankly that they wrote him off far too early, yeah. and he, he has now started to prove him quite significantly wrong. Yeah, and no one yeah. ever likes to admit that they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. least of me, but <laughs> <laughs> least of yeah. all me. But uh, uh, various 
pundits who've written him off and not now going to necessarily revise their their position and go, oh well, actually he's doing really really well. They're now going to go, well, oh, there's actually this flaw to his game or this facet that yeah. means he's not going to make it to the very top. Or I can still yeah. say stuff about his mental disposition that means that I was right all along about why he failed at Man United, hasn't got the bottle, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Speaking of not letting it go, and of course, when you say don't let it go, you, you know you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of uh, goal of the season, I had to, on League of Their Own, I had to look after Deli Alley for a couple of hours okay. in the afternoon. And for two days before, everybody involved in the show went, for the love of God, don't tell him that you think he's goal of the season. Took a massive deflection off Scott Dan, which he did. Yeah, you and did I was, though, didn't you? I did, yeah, of course yeah. I did. It took me, <laughs> took me two hours. It's like at the end of our session where I thought I'd established enough of a relationship. He just went, what are you talking about? Well, it took a massive deflection. Have you not seen it? And his agent went, of course it didn't. So his agent got his phone out and shouted, like, I went, there, go look, there. <laughs> there, should we take it off him? <laughs> uh, good work. Good work, Kevin. Um, okay, right, let's uh, have, take a quick break there. In part two, we've got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the five-year plan summer pod previous season podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it like that. Pod. You need to get some sharpness as well. Yeah. Pre-season, second pre-season. We're pod limbering up. Yeah. No, the last one was more of a post-season pod, wasn't it? No, no. Really? Which one was that? No, about, about two weeks ago. Oh, well, I wasn't on was that it? one, so it didn't happen. More um, than two weeks ago, it was pre-season. It was, it was pre-season. on the twenty-sixth of June. How do you know that? I just think. Oh, was it? Oh, oh because it was when Frank was the night before. No, oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. somebody had it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, Daddy. Anyway, uh, sponsored, <laughs> of course. Looks, the one that looks really tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got his forehead on the table. Going, what did I do? It's a pretty big forehead as well. <laughs> uh, it's your own child. You can't say that. Yes, I can. <laughs> I'm breaking the taboo, man. He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> really? So you. at least you know he's yours. Sponsored or do I? Oh, Sorry, Jen. I've seen, I've seen the photographs. It's definitely yours. It's got ginger stubble. It's definitely <laughs> right. Sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector Weather. Okay. Okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Nice. Uh, question time from our listeners. The first question comes from Duncan Ray. Hi, Duncan. Hi, Duncan. I never trust anyone with two first names. James Daly. It's not a first name. Daly Thompson. Oh, crap. <laughs> Duncan Ray <laughs> says... Daly Blind. Yeah, all right, I get it, yeah. <laughs> Duncan Ray says... <laughs> are we safe yet? <laughs> Good question. No, mo- no, we're not. At the moment, yeah, we are. Let me, we con- are. Let me consult yeah. the FT's prem we're predict. We're top four, aren't we? <laughs> Joint top of the table. What is is that a thing? Has there been a prem predict thing How yet? Well, no, because the season hasn't started. You dimwit. Oh, I thought no. It could be a pre-season prediction thing. Yeah, but that would just well, be someone. That won't be based on anything. Oh, oh, okay. It would just be an okay. opinion. Okay. Oh, they yeah. usually only start those sort of projections once they've had plenty of data to yeah. digest. So no, there there hasn't been anything yet. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, NIP. Sorry for calling you a dimwit. Twenty-one. Uh, NI, NJP twenty-one oh three. Hi, NJPD twenty-one oh three. Hi, N. I think that's right. Says, does anyone know the Dutch for we are in transition? Be patient. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one with the orange microphone, so you should tell us, JD. <laughs> uh, are we in transition? Yeah, I guess we are, aren't we? 
Yeah, big time. Well, we are in terms of it's in terms of the profile of previous managers. It's completely different in terms of the very public change of formation. It's different in terms of uh, changing the profile of players we're bringing. Yeah, we are. So, how patient should we be? Well, we've, <laughs> we've already referred to that. So, I mean, I I think in the course of both games, you saw spells where you thought, "Oh, this is great. It's going to work really well," and you saw spells where you thought, "Oh my God, we're going to ship loads of goals." <laughs> There will be the players. You can only properly test it against Premier League opposition, basically. And you know, the three-four-three brings its own problems in terms of if you've got somebody with two pacey wingers, you've got problems. It's yeah, it's a system. It is a specialist system that we will take getting used to. But I think with the players we've we've got and the manager we've got, you'd expect even in, with the transition, you'd expect to beat teams. That we should be beating. Yeah. Well, we beat. Yeah. We, we didn't. We we beat the team we should have beaten in in Asia, and we didn't beat the team we probably should. Well, do you know what I think? I actually think in years. To, I actually think that's quite a significant result beating West Brom because it it wasn't a game played. At, I mean, despite the conditions and the humidity, apparently was terrible. Yeah. But it wasn't a game that was played at half pace. It was a game full of intensity. You saw the way West Brom came out in the second half and were determined to get something out of the game. And I. I think the fact that we managed the game pretty well mm-hmm. was very good. You know, the fact that he brought Julian on as well was encouraging. But I thought we deserved to be tuning up in the first half, and I thought we managed the second half very well, considering the amount of substitutions we made. So I thought that was pretty close to a Premier League game, and so I think that was a really encouraging result. There are times against Liverpool when you, you, if Liverpool had scored early, it could have been for it looked like the players were. Even then, there are sort of two or three minute spells when you thought, mm. okay. You but that see. was their first game. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, again, that's that's an important thing to remember. It was neither uh, Liverpool or West Brom's first. Yeah, is that Liverpool had three games before, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it actually, Andy, a bit of a stroke of genius to be playing Premier League teams in pre season? Stroke of genius? Well, in a way, it's a bit far, isn't it? Well, we haven't done it before, have we? I don't remember the we, we played. I well, it's, it's not down to Frank De Boer. I mean, this was a no, commercial I, deal that was done. Maybe stroke of genius is wrong, but like blessing in disguise, in a way. You know? Uh, I, I think it, it can, I guess, help to put an early to provide an early barometer of what you're going to do and sort of whether things might work. And it's against the familiar opposition that you're going to be playing, so it can't hurt, can it? Mm. The only problem is that the games are inevitably then played with a slight bit more intensity because the players know that it's their direct competition. There's no way that had we been playing Schalke in that match, or uh, I suppose Schalke probably a sort of equivalent to a West Brom mm-hmm. in some ways in terms of. Uh, the Schalke fans are probably now right in send me hate mail for, for saying that um, but there's no way that you know Schalke put the tackles in on, on Wilf that mm. West Brom did for example and there's no way that against say Dortmund that one of their players goes in so hard after he's gone yeah. as, as Gruich does because these aren't players that you're playing against regularly I think there's probably pro- less of a chance of getting those injuries but it's it's the style of play that you're going to have to be getting used to week in week out because uh, aren't games against crap teams a bit pointless, really? Well, winning I mean, 10 0 against a non league team. If we'd sent our first team down to Maidstone and won 4 or 5 0, we'd feel happy, but it would be a fairly pointless yeah. exercise. I mean, it's a shame that Reader World didn't play against Liverpool and West Brom, because yeah. you know, in a way, yeah, the Schalke game is perfect for it. I predict that Reader World will be man of the match against Schalke, because it's perfect, because we know continental teams don't press in the, in the last third the way that. Mm. Uh, British teams do. I don't know how Huddersfield will approach the game, but you you have to test it against Premier League opposition. And I think the, the we also the three four three thing. So we hear, that's his favoured way of playing football. If it's not working, he will change it 
during a game. That's the way he's worked before, that Ajax and the Inter. Mm-hmm. He will change formations during a game. You look at West Brom, West Brom can only turn the intensity up or down. They can go from 2 to 10 intensity-wise. Mm. But in terms of... Uh, turn it up to 11. Well, they know because they're West Brom. I'm not giving them the opportunity to turn it all the way up to 11. Because <laughs> uh, that way you're implying it's got a spinal tap. But, um, <laughs> you know, is, is adaptable within a very small remit. I mean, he'll, he'll maybe go, you know, throughout from the last 10 minutes of the losing. But he's got a favoured way of playing. Allardyce has got a favoured way of playing, which... He rarely, I mean, we attempted a three, or ironically, against the Everton game, we'd played three at the back and we looked quite comfortable mm. doing that, albeit it was a 3 5 2 rather than a 3 yeah. 4 3. But it's not something that the boys, you know, if we're, if we're 1 0 down with 10 minutes to go, he's not going to continue playing three. He'll find a different way to try and win the game, basically. So it's, it's only his favoured formation. It's not written in stone. It's not the only way he can play. But I do think, you know, those. We're going to have to get used to seeing. I actually got quite excited by seeing Palace play in in the Far East. Although somebody reminded me that in, when we went down in '93, mm. we had, when we were nine points ahead, we went out to Hong Kong for the week. We as we had a week international break. And we I, I, is this the most tenuous Oldham segue of all time? No, well, yes, <laughs> like yeah, pre-season to, stage. Even now, let's. But Jesus no, I was Christ. actually, I was actually really. It's quite exciting to see Palace in the tournament. Like that. It's. I mean, you have to get used because that's the future of. Yeah, well, especially you know, now that the sponsors and the sleeves. Yeah, well, no, just for the whole Premier League because that's where they, they want that market, and also yeah. we would have been paid a considerable amount of money for going out there. I imagine. I imagine there would have been some clause in our contract which said the first team has to play at least thirty-five minutes of each game. Yeah, so you probably, can't just yeah. use it for the. Youth it keeps team everyone game. happy, really, because it yeah. means that there's less chance that the silly proposals of actually sending a competitive ma- match out there aren't in play. It yeah. gives the fans out there the opportunity to play to to, to play to to, <laughs> to to see the teams that they like watching and they yeah, probably yeah. play. Well, there's, there's the Hong Kong Eagles out there, isn't there? Well, yeah. well it, it shows Paris. you. I mean, there was a, a little group of fans. The, who had a banner saying the Mongolian Liverpool supporters club so it just yeah. shows you the reach yeah, yeah. The, the passion there is for Premier League football so those crowds were amazing and that's another thing as well for for the young players they won't have played in front of crowds different to Maidstone away isn't it of course yeah. it is of course it is okay um, the next question is from Anthony Peacock hi, hi Anthony, Anthony Peacock and he says Anthony Peacock or Anthony Peacock Anthony Peacock oh, okay Anthony says, do you think that Spironi's half against West Brom, uh, De Boer will start him ahead of Hennessy until he signs another goalkeeper? <sighs> Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will I like him too, or will he? Do you, th- I mean, is it, do you think it was an indication that he's going to give Spironi a chance, I guess? He played very well, didn't he? Made some couple of really good saves. Uh, he did, yeah, made a couple of really good saves. I mean, I thought one of them was slightly one for the cameras. Um, the one with his and own hand on it. I didn't think, despite him being a terrible goalkeeper and demonstrably the worst starting goalkeeper in the Premier League, Hennessy did that badly during the two games that he right. played. He spread himself quite well for... He did a good block, didn't he? Yeah, near Rondon. Post, yeah. yeah, against Rondon. So a couple he, of times he, he came do, off his line against Liverpool. He nearly didn't do it. appallingly. And the coaching staff, albeit that there's some new people coming in, there's still a lot of commonality with last season when Hennessy was starting yeah. and Jules isn't getting any younger I think he's probably still a more agile and more intelligent goalkeeper than Wayne Hennessy with better hands and I think better footballing intelligence but I just don't think he's probably going to start ahead of him I would still expect us to bring a goalkeeper in and I'd expect that goalkeeper to be a starting goalkeeper and who would you like that to be? I would have liked it to be Silas I, I don't think Adrian is 
demonstrably better than Hennessy. Really, I, mean, I think he's better. I don't think he's. I don't think he, he is. Not, he's your ultimate goalkeeper. I don't think you go. He, he's, you know, what you think of uh, Palace's level of being the dream goalkeeper. I think he's still yeah. improving. Randolph's been sold to a Championship team. He's gone to Middlesbrough. He's gone to Middlesbrough, yeah. and and Randolph kept Adrian out of the West Ham team for quite yeah. some time. I, I, I think the distribution thing is interesting as well because uh, one of the reasons I thought that maybe De Boer would try and convince Mandanda to stay is because there's no point. Say, well, right, we're going to play three-four-three, where we try and play out from the back. When those three footballing centre backs are watching the ball head, heading towards the opposition in the yard box, as Hennessy hoofs it. Yeah. So I wouldn't particularly trust Hennessy to be the one, even to manage simple rollouts to defend. So I do think he will be. For what I can gather from people at the club, he's looking at another other goalkeepers, but he's not. He wouldn't be desperately upset if Hennessy mm. had to. It doesn't I feel like there's a lot of options. Well, I don't think. I, I don't think Spironi is the option, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it was really good to see him play. And I think it's an indication that De Boer wants to have a look at everybody and keep everybody around the squad happy. Mm-hmm. And it probably will keep Julian happy for three or four months now. I don't yeah. know. But I, you know, Hennessy's, this is not, it's just, he's not as good as other kids. I mean, the trouble is as well, you pay 30 million quid for Pickford and suddenly people are going... Well, let's put ten million quid on every yeah, other goalkeeper, exactly, basically. Yeah. That's a fair point, yeah. and because that, that's, yeah, I, I think Pickford is. I think Pickford is potentially one of the best buys as well. But also, he's such an, un, he's really untested. And, you know, and he made a lot of good saves, and also let in a lot of goals last season. And I think it has distorted the market in the same way that Everton. How much did, how much did West Ham pay for the loan of Hart? Is it ten million to loan him for the season or something? Well, is that right? More, the the big issue with Hart was how much the wages that City were going to pay because West Ham right. wouldn't pay the entire wage bill but again like you say I mean talk, there was talk of Pabs is it Pabs Sergio, Sergio Pabs Pab. or something so, yeah from FC Groningen yeah but again see goalkeeper for all that I talked about I'm not worried about Premier League experience earlier goalkeeper is one of those things where you would want somebody who's got yeah but it's uh, becoming which harder, harder but, yeah because why would why would other teams so Steve Grisovic I'm yeah. not going to put him in goal. He, yeah, but he was, yeah. to be fair, he was... It was actually okay. In his time. Uh, under- yeah. Underrated keeper. Yeah, underrated. He was good. Um, ben Allen. Hi, Ben. Hi ben. Says, does the FYP... So, by- so your thing about two first names doesn't count with Ben, is it? Well, he's, it's A-double-L-A-N. Yeah, people oh, Scottish way, I suppose. People spell out Allen like that. Okay, mm. whatever. Um... He says, does the FYP budget extend to counselling Andy for when Hennessy starts against Huddersfield? <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, other things. I'm my own counsel. He's too tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, that's a fair point. Uh, I, I'll be cross if we, we still have Wayne Hennessy as our number one goalkeeper at that stage. But uh, I'll move on. But we might, it might be I, like a... And frankly, like I won't have much to say on the podcast all season if we get a competent goalkeeper. I, what I, will I, be left for me? True. Nothing. I, I suspect Hennessy might be one of those players. When De Boer's talking about looking at what's in the kitchen, he might say, let's have a look at Hennessy... Give him a if, go. If 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 he gets the three, I think it's a big if. If he gets the three centre backs he wants by then, I think he'll say, "Well, let's have a look at Hennessy." Because uh, yeah, it, it it won't have escaped his notice that he's Wales's number one goalkeeper and seems to be a better goalkeeper when he plays for Wales. Seems to be more confident and more assured. And it might be that he thinks that Hennessy is a completely different goalkeeper behind three centre backs. Maybe that might give him you know Hennessy getting that much more cover. You don't know. I just don't think I think it's something he wants but I don't think it's his number one priority it just feels to me like there's a lack of with both Hennessy playing for Palace and playing for Wales there's a lack of decent options in both yeah, things lack of decent Welsh goalkeepers and there's a lack of well, no, viable transfers for us yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily 
too much of an indictment on Welsh football because it's a more limited sort of talent pool in terms yeah. of keepers to, and players to pick from generally. You know, Johnny Williams will play more regularly for Wales uh, in, in usual course than he'll play for Palace. And he was coming on as a sub during the Euros when he wasn't coming on as a sub for us all that often at all. Um, there are there are still excellent goalkeepers throughout Europe. Um, the, the fact that we are going to probably be stuck with Wayne Hennessy probably is just testament to the fact that we need to bring lots of faces in. And Kevin's right in saying that, <laughs> unfortunately, fees going where they've gone, you're going to have to be really quite creative in terms of getting someone who's mm-hmm. right at the end of their contract mm-hmm. and even then giving them a signing on What's fee. It? Or you're going to have to get someone from a slightly untested league. Well, that's the problem. I mean, I think also in, in the way that Everton and Man City are distorted fees, somebody like Claudio Bravo comes in really good reputation and clearly doesn't look at ease in mm-hmm. the Premier League and he was rated better than Silas and others so I think goalkeeper is one of those positions where people are less happy to take a risk with somebody without experience but as Andy says with a diminishing pool to choose from you might you might well have to you know. I think if I'm De Boer as well I, I look at Hennessy's background and his real of highlights or lack thereof and I look at the fact that he doesn't save your team points. And if you're looking at sort of marginal gains and all that sort of stuff, do you really want to have a goalkeeper who always has a mistake in them and will quite possibly cost you 10 points a season? I'm not sure he will. He's got the sort of attention to detail that suggests to me that mm. he would rather look to an Ajax backup goalkeeper that none of us have heard of, that, yeah. he, that he knows is technically good enough and probably could make the step up, than go with a goalkeeper who is technically flawed. But that that's just an inference, you know, be, you draw from what the ball's like. He might yeah. completely confound that. To be fair to Hennessy, he did have, well, Chelsea away was the one game where... Where everything was hit at him. He, well, to be, he did have that he one game. He had a good game. But he, but yeah, he played okay in that game. Yeah. Okay. But it's the basics with Hennessy, though. It's that you just don't trust him. You, there were times when, even in, in Hong Kong, you go, why aren't you coming off your line now? Why are you... you know, yeah. Especially for, for crosses, he just seems... He doesn't lack confidence be, sometimes. But I know, but I'm a footballing brain. But he looked, he did look more competent behind uh, Sacco yeah. and Tompkins. It might be that he thinks that with three centre backs covering him, he'll be he'll be better. You don't yeah. know. I still want a new keeper, though. I'm not. Everything I, th- I, said I, I would be. Minutes, I, I think we might get Adrian, and I'd be quite happy with him in comparison to Hennessy. I don't think he's an amazing goalkeeper by any stretch. I think he's more competent, yeah. and at least he has the experience at that level. How old is he? Don't know. I don't think he's got much more experience than Hennessy at that level. That's the irony, isn't it? Oh, that's a good question. We need JD to re. What we'll do now is I'll try and fill specifically for long enough while JD. He's how old Adrian is? Who I think, oh, my guess. My no, let's not talk Go about on, that. Have a guess. I reckon Adrian's twenty nine. What do you reckon, Kevin? I reckon he's thirty one. Oh, he's thirty. Oh, oh. split it down the middle. Yeah, pinch punch. And he, oh, how many how many games do you reckon he's played? Oh, what a Premier League level in the Premier League. So he joined from Betis. And what twenty thirteen or thereabouts? Well, I'm not going to tell you because then you'll work it out. I he joined from Betis. I reckon he's probably only played... I reckon over 100 Premier League games. I'm going to say 90. I'm and, going to say 105. Uh, okay. Um, it's 106. Whoa! <laughs> so, Andy, Thank you very well much. done. You're very close there. And how many tennis he played? Tennessee must have done about... Well, not, for, not far off that, I imagine. Probably about 100. No, 90. Hennessy has done... 90. 110. 90. 62. Really? Is that all in the Premier he League? He played one game for us when he joined in 13-14. He then played three games the next season. Oh, and yeah, he played uh, 29 games 
uh, two seasons ago and 29 games last season. So 14, in 15. the league. This is in the Premier League, so it's not in, not including cup runs. And so stuff. Julian was still first choice at 14 15. 14 15. Wow. Yeah. Hell. So well, that would have been under Warnock and then under yeah. uh, Pardew. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So Adrian is older. Oh, is he older? He's certainly more experienced and he is. He is older. I think he's the same. They're both 30. Right. Well, we're playing top trumps. What height? What are they doing height wise? <laughs> I on, think Ad- uh, Hennessy's got to be about 6'5. They were born two weeks apart. Exactly. Wow. They're very, very close wow. in age. Um, Height-wise, uh, okay, so who do you want to go for first? Ad- uh, Adrian or Hennessy? Okay, or Hennessy, and then we'll see what Adrian uh, compares. Hennessy's got to be 6'6", six, six, I reckon. What do you reckon? 6'5", Hennessy, I think. He's 6'6". Six, six. Oh, Andy, you're having, wow. having a good one. Hennessey's Someone's surprised. like, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Adrian, 6'3". What do you reckon? Six, Adrian, three. I reckon 6'5", six, six well, uh, maybe. Six three. Uh, well done, so, how does that make you feel about it now? Well, Indifferent. I, I, I've <laughs> not changed my opinion one bit. I'd, I'd still prefer, well, more experienced. As you more said. experienced. Are we talking about a fee for Adrian? No, are we talking about getting him on no. I think I think his contract is up. I believe his contract's up, or or certainly if it's if it's not, it's up next summer. So it'll be minimal. Well, in, I mean, in that case, if if that's the situation, then you'd say that'd be decent business, even if it's as cover for Sillison when he comes in eventually. Got better feet, that ain't better happen, hands, though, is it? better reading of the game, better on crosses, better at saving. Wow, you don't like Hennessy, do you? <laughs> I'm being, I'm being objective here. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> you're when really it comes to Hennessy, you are never objective. <laughs> I, I why you called Adrian your baby Wayne? <laughs> it's beyond. Why did you call him Wayne? That's astonishing. <laughs> Just wanted to fit in on my estate. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question is from Lardy Dardum. Hi, Lardy Dardum. And that was in June. Is it Lardy Dardom? Lardy Dardom, yeah. Oh, okay, Lardy Dardom. So we think, it might, be, we think it might be Dom. Okay. Um, says, why does my wife keep asking me to get the FYP team to wish her a happy birthday when I've told her it's a football podcast, not Steve Wright in the afternoon? Happy birthday. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the concept of she keeps asking us to say happy birthday. So how it, many birthdays? Is this one, this can only be once a year that she asks, so that's not keeping Well, has she asking, been asking it? all year? And Wait, her birthday was like January. Like directly? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's a bit weird. Which is and not now I've got, Maybe she's not I've, got, got Twitter. I've got the image of you as Steve Wright <laughs> in the afternoon. Does he have a moustache? He does have a moustache. Do you uh, remember when JD had a moustache and interviewed Dougie Freeman? You had a yeah. moustache at the same time. Yeah, but there's not a video of me interviewing Dougie Freeman at that period. Steve Wright is what you officially call a character. <laughs> he says, how do you like... Am I, am I a character? Steve oh, I've just Googled him. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah. And he says, how do you like that's... them apples a lot? In... I don't say that, to be fair. Do no, I? you don't. I, yes, I'm so just because you're from Amersham. How do you like them, Wallace? How do you like that bulk of wheat? <laughs> how does one like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the next question is from Buckter Boy. Oh, hi, Buckter Boy. Hi, Buckter, yeah. So, is that the old spot? The old yeah. kit, kit yeah. yeah. um, what do you make of the reported Chinese takeover talks? <laughs> I, as far as I knew, this was all going on a for, long for time a while. ago. Yeah, I'd, I was. My understanding was it had been dead in the water for six to nine mm-hmm. months. And now it suddenly came out as oh it's it was not even a one day news story it was a half a day news story but then people still try to imply 
Allardyce conspiracy theories out of it by saying, well, that's why he went, because he'd been told he was getting a £100 million war chest from the Chinese. Why is it always a war chest? I, I don't know. Well, Geordie, <laughs> what is a war chest? Well, Geordie, this is what Geordie say when they say my chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, I, I don't, I, I think it was a story that, I, don't, I think it's a non-story, I think it's a story that, I think somebody put two and two together and came up with five and it, I'm well, sure there was a level of interest, but as far as I know, and I'm, with my limited inside knowledge of the club, there was never a serious... Well, the, the report was that they wouldn't offer what Palace asked for. Palace asked for £220 million and they wouldn't, they wouldn't meet it. I, so there was no offer as such. M- well, my understanding is of these Chinese consortia that that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like that much, does it? I'd, I, I, as far as I know, it, it's, I mean, it's interesting, but as far as I know, it wasn't a particularly serious thing. And I, I found out more about it after the news came out that it wasn't happening, whatever was happening. Yeah. I also kind of think, yeah, I know there are people, I, I know I like Steve Parrish a lot more than some Palace fans like him, but I I don't think, I, I simply don't think he'd be ready to sell I don't think the Americans are ready to sell their stake. I think even Steve Parrish knows that there'd be reached a situation it would alienate more Palace fans than it would delight. Mm. I think it just felt. Do fans care anymore? Yeah, I think they do. I think Palace fans. There was a level of dismay, not dismay, but there was a level of unease about the American takeover and I think if until so, they came in though and then it was all splash the cash yeah stuff, but I think it? if I think if so soon after that we were suddenly to become I mean it, it might explain why we got a Chinese sponsor I don't know but as far as I'm aware these, I mean these stories these are the sort of things that the press you'd be hearing about it non-stop on Sky and in the tabloids if there was a, an ongoing attempt to buy Palace and the fact that it only really became a new story like last week out of nowhere and as what, far well, as Palace in China well exactly as far as yeah, and again people put two and two together and say well are we out there well that was two years ago that was planned so is it I, not the sort of thing that because of the way that the Premier League is going with the sort of globalisation of it and the fact that we're now a bigger team that these are going to be stories we're probably going to hear a bit more often maybe I think you I, inevitably will yeah. um, there's the, the value in owning a Premier League football club isn't that they make a huge amount of profit. It's that there's a lot of cash running through the club every single year, which allows you to borrow against it if you want to fund other stuff. But also prestige. You know, there's, there's, there's the reason that Roman Abramovich and the Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund and the Chinese got involved in, in Man City and um, the Chinese got involved in, in West Brom wasn't because they thought they were going to make an absolute shed load of profit every season because Premier League football clubs don't make that much profit. Partially, it's just the sort of brand presence and stuff like that. And that requires a pretty big amount of clout to be able to commit that amount of money to transfer fees every season. And you will see, I I imagine eventually, every Premier League club that is a continual Premier League club and is stable at that level being owned either by an oligarch or a sovereign wealth fund of some sort, I would imagine. I think this, I mean, this Chinese consortium was apparently meant to, well, they, they own Granada, didn't they, as well? Which, there was, I think there was two. Right. Yeah, the, the one previously, I think, I was think, the Granada lot. I think there's a, a, a separate pod to be had, because I, I kind of disagree with Andy to an extent. I think within <clears throat> five years, the Premier League will realise that they are in danger of totally alienating the, 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 the core support for the brand, for want of a better word. I think within five years, two things will happen that 
<coughs> shirt sponsors won't be allowed. To, gambling companies won't be allowed to be shirt sponsors. But also, I think there will be some. I know it's difficult in capitalism, but I think there will be some process put in place where. And I think it will happen with players. I think the process within five years will happen where clubs have to have a certain amount of homegrown talent yeah. <coughs> in the squad. And I think the Premier League will realise that fans will simply balk. If every football, if every single Premier League club is owned by an oligarch, I think that will have changed the product, again, for want of a better word, so much. And I think Steve Parrish is sensible enough to know that there was a time two seasons ago when the Americans got involved when suddenly we were all about and we talked about this before we were all about shirt sales in, in Southeast Asia we were all about New York ticket sales we were all about foreign fan clubs and Palace fans balked at it Palace fans didn't want that and I think mm. he realises that if we were to sell out to a, a faceless Chinese consortium Palace fans would vote with their feet and they might be replaced by but we're not an Arsenal we're not a Chelsea we, we haven't got a big enough I know, a lot, I know a lot of people and I know they talk a good fight I, I would be really uneasy about you know supporting Palace has become a, a completely different concept in the past 10-15 years some of it for the best for the better but I, well, that's why Parrish kept himself as chairman and kept himself yeah, there as which the face is, of which it. is the right thing to do but I I, you know if, if Andy's right and within 5-10 years every single Premier League club is owned by oligarchs or millionaires or corporations or countries and the only way to get a championship team to get into the Premier League is to be owned by them I I wouldn't be going to football, it's, and I know it's. You can say, well, what's the difference between two American owners, one of whom finances Donald Trump? But it does seem like a. I mean, that's a difficult thing for me. This, it's it's an inter, it's an emotional discussion to have, and I think it is one for a, a different pod. But I'm, I don't know many Palace fans who are going. Oh, it's brilliant! We can spend fifty million quid on players like the big teams do. Well, because those players wouldn't come to us anyway. They would if we could afford. Neymar would come to Palace if we could afford to pay him three hundred thousand pound a week, and if we or we bought our way into the Champions League. I eventually. I, would he? I, surely he'd well, maybe not Neymar, bigger. but there are players like Costa. You know, Costa, if he's if he offered, you know, if Costa's going to Atletico. If we offered Costa fifty thousand pound more a week than Atletico offered him, he'd come to Palace. Yeah, depending, depending on where he is in his career. Yeah, you've got to remember how terrible City were when they bought Rubinho. Yeah, and they just like <laughs> yeah, splashed through absolute cash. Yeah. Like, but he thought like, he was joining Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but there are still City fans who are uneasy about what's happened at City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, there are so many, and we said this before. There are so many. You talk to so many City fans. You say, "What's your favourite game?" And they won't say Aguero. They'll say winning the playoff final at Wembley when yeah, they were yeah. three one, wherever it was. Yeah. And I think, Palette, you know, there are certain clubs like Chelsea or Arsenal that are more ripe for takeovers than others. Arsenal resisted it. Chelsea didn't, and it but it fits Chelsea where they where they're located. It doesn't fit. A club like Palace, mm. but as Andy says, the, the it's not just the money in the Premier League; it's the prestige, it's the glamour of the Premier League as well. But then you wonder what happens if you do get relegated. But uh, you know, I also to be honest, if a club like West Brom can get bought by a Chinese conglomerate, yeah. then we we're obviously an attractive concern. But I think you always are when you're in the, yeah. as long as you're in the Premier League. I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, and I hope it doesn't. Happen I think a lot of fans would share would share that. Yeah. yeah. But you have to be careful how you couch it because you don't want to be accused of parochialism or of what now? Parochialism, just being having being narrow-minded and not opening right. yourself up to other things. You don't want to be accused of. No, know, but there's a balance, surely, isn't there? Yeah. The balance between. But equally, you yeah. support if you well if you're like certain Palace fans, and not all Palace fans, but if you like certain Palace fans, you will 
probably support the club because it has some sort of links to yeah. a community that you care about. There's a reason you support, yeah. And you probably then feel that certain owners who don't have any link whatsoever to that local community are completely different. Yeah. I think it's, it's not necessarily a nationality thing, mm. but, you know, because we, we quite often at the Porson Arms met Palace fans from all, all over was, the world who course, seem to who get, definitely get the identity and culture of the club. And, well, the night well, before the cup final when we met all those oh, that people, was great. which is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. When they come yeah. to the Porson's Arms, yeah. for God's sake, so they're fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I think there's always going to be that slight difficulty where there's a disconnect between where the owners are from and not just where they're from geographically, but sort of the type of people that they are and the fact that they're not necessarily died in the wall fans like some of our current owners still are mm. and how you perceive the club and how you perceive yourself as a fan yeah. well also there's a reason yeah we talked about Loftus Chico there's a reason why Chelsea don't develop their youth players and that's because people like Abramovich don't buy a Premier League club uh, and then say yeah you can play as many kids as you want yeah you, you know you don't if you buy a train set for your kids you want to put the most expensive trains you can get on it rather than the trains you built yourself which is a pretty poor analogy, yeah. I know, but you know what I mean. But it's like a, that's that's part of Chelsea's problem. I mean, Chelsea developed these players really well, but then Abramovich is why would he want them in the first team when he can spend fifty million quid on somebody really glamorous mm. for his for his real life fantasy football team? Mm. And it's the same if you know if it's if we were bought out by a, a, a Chinese business group or whatever. They're not going to be excited that Wimper Saka is getting a, a game. They want to spend fifty million quid on the players, and they want unless, and that's you're, also unless you're lucky, and that's all people that maybe do then buy into the culture but, of the club. But, but also, I mean, one of the problems with Frank De Boer is that he's he's he went to Inter just as they were bought by a Chinese corporation who wanted who didn't want him to play yeah. that sort of football. He wanted yeah. big name players coming in, and he bought against it. So yeah, that's true. Um, okay, a couple more questions. Then the first one is from Tom Leslie. Hi, Tom. Tom. Two first names again. And he, yeah, yeah, we have quite a few tonight. Um, you specifically and, chosen them for yeah. to be two first name named people. No, it's just, just, just for Also, happened, can you it? stop waving that big coil of wire about? It's really disconcerting. You look like a really shit Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> or a shit Cray twin. It's like, <laughs> I'm really upset that that joke's now wasted on the listeners because it was quite funny. It was a very funny joke. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Right. Yeah. Tom Leslie Hi, Tom. says, excluding Zaha, which current Palace player do you think is the hottest Fantasy football tip for this season. Milivojevic. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Free I, kicks and penalties. Yeah, yeah, and he'll play every week. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah, maybe Benteke. You know, he's gonna start all the time. Yeah, and mm. if he continues to score at the rate that he did last season, then you'd imagine that he would get lots of points. Yeah, I think Luke is a good shout. And following up that, Alex Higarty has put excluding Zaha. Oh, hi, Alex. Oh, hi, Alex. Yeah. Excluding Zaha, which current Palace player do you think is the hottest? The hottest, yeah. Well, I see. I seem to be alone. I think Tompkins is a good-looking lad, but I mean, I know everyone says Kabai. The answer is Kabai, isn't it? Yeah. Well, everyone since Kabai accidentally smiled when he got past the captain's armband in, in Hong Kong, when everyone everyone's going, "Have you seen how happy he looks?" <laughs> and then clearly a pigeon had flown over. He gone, "How's a pigeon?" Or just pun- at the same time, said got, something yeah. funny, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We love punch, but I think that's a less less likely we'll scenario. Go with pigeon. All right. We'll go with pigeon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. Go on. I want to discuss punch because I want to. Okay. Well, we have had a couple of questions about okay. punch. Oh, don't let me answer the question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Hottest player gone. Hennessy. 
You're, a, you're an idiot. You're such an idiot. All right. Look, he's, baby, he's new baby tired. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he goes to sleep at night. When he does sleep for that three yeah, hours sleep. Night, good, good one. Three hours sleep at night, he's thinking about Hennessy when he closes his eyes. Think how good I'd be in this pod if I'd slept. <laughs> not, not very still. Um, okay, two questions. I'm going I'm to roll into one for you. From Al. Hi, Al. He says... That now punching is confirmed captain. Where does he rank in Palace's captains of all time? Who's the best? And he's put Paddy McCarthy. And then Trub thirty one oh one has Hi, Trub. put sentiment aside. How ha- happy are the panel with uh, punching as captain? Personally, I'd have gone for Luca. So where does he rank? And then where does he rank? Punching for continues you? to be underrated by Palace player, Palace Those fans, fans, and he is one of the best Palace players of all time. <laughs> it's too early. It's it's too early to say. Where succinct. He- Thank you. It's too early to say where he ranks as, in terms as, of captain. yeah, as yeah. captain. Yeah. We haven't seen we we it, it seemed to have a galvanizing effect on him yeah. towards the end of last season. But it's way too early to start comparing him to people who were captain. Yeah, you, know, you can't even compare him to uh, Milo for a for a start. Yeah. You can't compare him to a lot of the captains of the past. Uh, what was the second question in terms of? Would you are you happy with him as captain for this season? Continue. Yes. I'm I'm very happy with him as captain for the season, but I think. It's a clear indication that he's going to play. Okay. Because I can't understand by what logic Frank de Boer would make him. I mean, I, I understand the logic of Allardyce making him captain. Mm-hmm. So I think Allardyce made a uh, a decision to please Palace fans by making a Palace favourite and a local boy captain. And it worked, didn't it? And it, it did seem to work. I, I think he will play. I think, I think he's the sort of player that de Boer's going to like actually he's, yeah, he's te- very technical well, keeps the ball incredibly well doesn't actually put in sort of squandering passes very often and it's, uh, it's only because he's actually so good at retaining the ball that the few occasions that he loses it fans seem to go so nuts yeah 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 and he's not the sort to try ambitious Hollywood balls all the time or even to try shooting from range that much anymore because he just keeps it really simple and keeps it really effective and I, I would imagine that that would be the type of player that De Boer would want at the heart of his midfield I think it's yeah. noticeable in the two games in Hong Kong that he was making much shorter passes that he was always there he's always been one of those players one of the few players we've had at times who's happy to take the ball when he's being marked he's really good in possession he has in inter- as I think uh, Andy's right he's tended to look for the the glamorous ball but I think in those two games he wasn't doing that he was retaining possession he was moving mm. forward with it and I think he, he will play and I think he's probably one of the few players we've we've got in situ that is Technically as gifted as Frank de Boer would want from a from a player in his team. And he yeah. nearly won us an FA Cup and he's kept us up in three, four seasons. Yeah. Four seasons. Yeah. But had an instrumental role. One of our yeah. best ever players. It's as yeah, simple I, as that. I, I think I think it might be some seasons after his retirement before Palace fans actually agree with that. Because then I, they can buy me a drink and admit I was I, but I know because Andy's always said this and I think he hasn't always had a lot of allies in it because he's Punchin's been one of those players that has divided opinion at most clubs he's been at to be between those honest. who are right and those who yeah. are but he's, incontrovertibly wrong he's clearly more mature now he's still reasonably young he's 30 30 30 31. 30 and he's he's you know he's grown you know we we know from experience how important he is to the younger players in the team and i but you, what's interesting though is that when you make the list of players who you think will definitely start if you think well milivojevic mm-hmm. Leave aside the the free in defence because there's no point speculating about yeah. you know, Chambers or Martin's India coming in. But if you think Milivojevic, Loftus Cheek, and Punch will definitely start, 
and you think Townsend, Zahar and Benteke will definitely start mm. as the front three, then who's the... Will Loftus-Cheek start? Maybe, th- maybe he'll make him I work for his place. I think Loftus-Cheek will start, without a doubt. But then, so who's the third, who's the fourth one in... Depends. Is it another wide player, is it? Probably a wide player. Well, yeah. then, because you've got Schlupp, you've got... Might do Luca and Arnold. Luca in back three, like he did against West Brom in some matches. I don't think Luca's, I comment, hope not. Luca's comments afterwards were quite plain that he didn't want yeah. to play there. But I, I think the way... What did he say? He said he enjoyed it, but he doesn't want to play. He said he'll do it if he has to, but, but he'd, really, he'd yeah. rather not. But <laughs> I think the thing is, but the, the reason why he probably started in there is that, as my mate who's the, the coach, at, used to be the coach at Hereford, said when the with the back three, the, the wide, if the wide centre back goes out to mark a winger, then the, someone like Milivojevic has to drop in to become the third yeah, yeah. centre back. So I think the board letting him have a taste of that was very. Well, my theory sensible. though, as well, with that was that was the board's way of saying to the board, I really need to buy some more centre backs, please. Well, him playing Delaney in the first game is because yeah. he's left-footed. Was his way of saying, yeah. need to buy seriously, I need back. to get at least one centre back, yeah. if not more." But you still got to fit Kabai, Schlupp, Van Arnholt. Yeah. Other, or you don't fit them. It? You just, you just, they, they, they are the backup players. Force each other to play better. We're still talking Kabai going though, isn't there? That's, that's raised its head again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't well, be entirely was, surprised. I wouldn't be entirely unhappy either. To be, uh, I'd like him to stay. I'd, I'd, like well, I'd want him to stay, but he's on the list of players. Oddly enough, this time last season, I would have said if Punchin has to go, I'd, I'd rather keep Punchin than Kabai. To be perfect, I'd rather keep them both. I just, but I, in terms of, I think that what makes me think that Kabai and Punchin won't both start is that it's a really physical formation, three four three. It's, everyone has to work really hard, and I don't yeah. think he will want two thirty year olds. In there the, is in the, in the midfield yeah. four. Kabai right. has tended over the last season to pick up more injuries than mm. Punchin. And yeah. Palace still haven't won a game that Punchin hasn't played in in the Premier League for mm. four years. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, Is that true? Yeah. Wow. started every uh, has played in sorry every winning Palace Premier League match. Yeah, wow. Years. Is that still running? Is that still running? Is yeah, it? I think it's still running. I did not know that. Anyone who wants to disprove it, go and start looking on soccer base now. Um, okay, <laughs> final couple of questions then. Um, Obviously, that's not to say that we're unbeaten with Punchin's side because no, no, we're not that yeah, good. No, no, <laughs> no. It's still a good. It's still a good stat. Yeah. Um, Panda Arms 101 Hi Panda Arms Says Premier League Asian Cup Catering question Noodles Rice or pancake Noodles Well it depends what you're, Not for breakfast I mean what are you talking about What Doesn't, doesn't say Noodles rice or pancake That's Yeah Okay Noodles Noodles I, I think, yeah. prefer noodles Crispy fried noodles Absolutely Well rice on its own Would be a bit boring Wouldn't it yeah, rice Well any of them I, I find As a really really good cook <laughs> I, find, I find rice <laughs> I find rice harder to order than noodles. <laughs> no, I find rice harder to get right. Noodles, yeah, always noodles. I'd it's go with pancake. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no, no, I don't care. I don't know why I'm asking you. Because he's tired. He's a lawyer. Because I really like pancake. He's, he's contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I want to start the season as I intend to I've go got on one like more... a contrary <laughs> Oh my God. I've got one I, more question. What a great name for a band that would be. I've got... <laughs> Please welcome the contrary assholes. <laughs> James Endicott, lead singer. I've got get well soon, what? James. By the way, he's got a bad shoulder. Yeah, we hope he's hope he's back for the start of the season. Um, yeah. I got one more question. Are we going to bother doing a Mets or Schalke preview, or should we just do this final question and end the pod there? I don't, know I, what, I, I, I don't know what the final question. I don't think we need a Mets or Schalke. We hope we hope we'll see Ryderald play and a few of the kids. I think we'll see Ryderald play from the start. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to get really games. excited about both matches and then be ridiculously disappointed about both. <laughs> Good, because it's a pre-season I think, match. I think 95. percent I actually even amazed myself 
I thought that's two pre-season friendlies. In, in, in They're good preparation for life, pre-season no, in, friendlies. In Hong Kong, I thought Liverpool, West Bromley don't mean anything. And suddenly I suddenly got, oh, got really nervous. Couldn't watch half of the Liverpool it's game. Because it's, it's back. At, well, it's an away game, isn't it? Well, well technically, yeah. But yeah. it's just like, I, I just really, really <laughs> wanted to win that trophy in the end. Did we not get anything for coming third? No. Really? Well, like like a little, medal. It was, well, it was no. called the third place playoff, so we must have got a little... Yeah, we've got... Something yeah. that'd be quite yeah. funny putting that in the trophy cabinet. Next was NFT assistance. We came, they would have put it in the trophy cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> they a new trophy cabinet. It would have been out on the pitch before the Huddersfield game. It would have been paraded. Uh, we okay, came, we came third in a major international tournament. <laughs> major international. It's yeah. a major international tournament. It was, a, it was international. Wasn't it's it? a tournament. Yeah, it's international. That's, that's kind of. It was interna- yeah. well. What what bit of it's not international? Well, because it's not a play between nations. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, they're all it's, English. No, I know, but it's an, the, the, well, the Champions League is an international tournament, isn't it? Because it's played between countries. It's inter- a European tournament. Inter international. In, yeah, it's not international. Oh, international, does- as in in between na- No, it's, it's not, not in- nations, is it? It's oh, international <laughs> means a oh Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be a long season. Albeit you two, are idiots. <laughs> right. Final question then for this He's pod. Got an excuse. What's yours? You, oh, you just got engaged, so you're as knackered yeah, as he is. There you go. Uh, final question then for this. I mean, congratulations. That's brilliant. Thanks very much. Did I get engaged before the last pod? I don't know. Who, ca- who take cares? Any notice of what you send. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> call I Miranda. Care. Oh, someone's in trouble. I'm more mean. Look, it's the end of the pod. We're an hour and a half in. Let's just let's do this final question. No one's and going then... anything else with it this time of summer. They're loving this. <laughs> All right, good. I hope so. Final question is from Dean Finney. Hi, Dean. Hi, Dean. And he says, "What will we consider success this coming season? Would mere survival be success, or should we be looking higher? Personally, I'd like to see us win at least." as many as we lose for a comfortable mid-table spot, that would give us a decent platform to build on. Top half. Would be a success. Would be a success. I mean, you have to be realistic about it. You're not breaking that top six. No, of course not. No. And you're probably not breaking the top eight. No. When you look below... I think think breaking the top ten is a big ask. Uh, Potentially, yeah. I mean, once you look beyond the top six who are going to be insurmountable, you've obviously then got... Everton and Southampton, who are incredibly well run and well, well moneyed clubs. Got yeah. Money now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, ninth or tenth, I think would be great. I think it was interesting to hear all the commentators and pundits during the Hong Kong tournament talk about how surely this will be Palace's breakout <laughs> season yeah. with the quality of the players they've got. And oddly enough, when you looked at the quality of the players we had, all of him we had last season apart from Loftus Cheek, you did start to wonder how on earth we got into that situation. Mm. I just think Frank De Boer's I just think he's too good a manager to allow us to be dragged into anything remotely like a relegation struggle. And I do think we should be I think we have to change our expectations, but not radically. And I think we should be looking having a discussion about where we might be after three years of Yeah. Frank De Boer, which hopefully we will get from him but well, I've I mean, said that how many times I'm not going to say out loud this might be the manager that sets up the infrastructure but also if he's a big success yeah. at Palace he might not last two years because he might get plucked by someone else but then you wouldn't mind that happening I mean that would be the perfect it's better than the other scenario isn't it? yeah and as long as he leaves things behind so I'd again you'd like to think that perhaps our next manager after Frank De Boer would be Orlando Trustful you don't know but yeah, yeah. I, I think we should be looking top 10 without a doubt I think you look at I genuinely think you look at West Brom and the players they got, you think, well, we should be finishing above them. And I, I think it's about time we said that sort of thing out loud rather than going, oh, I don't want to tempt fate. Yeah. You should be thinking, 
whatever players we've got, whatever system we play, we should be looking to beat Huddersfield in the first game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we need to get that get away from the sort of small club survival mentality. And I think if any manager can get us away from that, it's. But at I the think same we'll time, be, I think we'll be considered as a different club. But I think there will be a lot of a lot of other clubs going. Holy mother of God, they got Frank De Boer on the bench. Yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. these these sort of players. I think. But at the same time, I think we need to also respect the league, you know, and respect. Yeah. And if we do stay up and we're not top ten, but we're fifteenth or sixteenth or something, then at least we haven't, you know, we haven't gone down. As long as Brighton go down bottom, I don't care. Yeah, as long yeah, as well, there is that Christmas, as well. that's fine. Also, I think as well, there are other things. The home form's got to, yeah, got to change. We we and we've said this for the last three seasons, basically. Yeah. Season tickets are relatively expensive, yeah, you know, and you want some reason to leave and I think to leave the pub and I think Frank De Boer recognises that mm-hmm. as well and I think one of the things I'm excited about the 3-4-3 is that we will be on the front foot against teams and of course we might be the teams that are getting hit on the break but we won't see that what we've seen so many times under mm. previous managers even at home we're sitting back waiting to hit teams on the break we'll, that Burnley we'll, at home game well Jesus yeah. yeah we'll take the initiative we'll you know even even the second half against Hull when we just sat back and invited them on you know, even we knew they were inept and couldn't do it but you don't want to see that you want to see Palace on the front foot and the, the three four three is a is an, is an attacking formation and I'd, I'd be I'd be happy if we go back to if we change the balance if we win two or three away games and nine or ten at home rather than the other way around yeah. that would be great yeah. I think we'd all, we'd all, we'd all love yeah. that yeah and also I think as well I mean the atmosphere for the first couple of home games is going to be yeah until we inevitably lose one nil to Huddersfield and Swansea, but yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Yeah, but I think the atmosphere is going to be great in the first couple of games, and I think, yeah. I think Huddersfield have been sort of slightly upset, you know, because they know that it, it, I think everyone at Sellers Park is going to be on the front foot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, uh, that's it for this pre-season pod. Are you feeling a bit warmed up, boys? Warmed up. You know, are you feeling a bit more sort of ready no, for ready for the season. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm always ready. I'm I was born ready. That's <laughs> what. What was the question? Uh, no, you don't look it. <laughs> no. You look quite tired. Yeah, I'm quite tired. Are you, well, serves you right for bringing joy to the world. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, so his name's not Joy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I better rewrite his card then. <laughs> well, uh, I, mean, I thought everyone was gender fluid these days, aren't they? Yeah. Well, well, that's that's a podcast that we're not going to get into. <laughs> okay. Oh, why? But it's just gonna, whoever, whatever we say, we're going to piss everyone oh, off. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, like Peter Davidson did. Jane Endicott will be really upset. <laughs> right. He's uh, not pretty enough. Thank you for listening. When you're my age, he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks for listening to this week's pod. Uh, we'll be back with you before, before the season starts. Should we do I one think more? We should do one before the Huddersfield game, probably, shouldn't we? Yeah, after the next two pre season friendlies. Uh, yeah, why are you tugging your ear like know. that? It's like, I don't know. Um, I feel okay. like I'm missing a signal somehow. Like, no. no, I'm just tired. Uh, that's it. Okay, cool. Thanks for thanks for listening. Keep ah. sending your questions in, so we couldn't answer them all. And um, we'll You've just upset. So you're tired, says somebody else. <laughs> I didn't even register it, if I'm honest. <laughs> Let me do the sign off. Sign off now. Thanks I'll for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.